Well, today we're going to get in the Word. Is everybody ready for the Word of God today? The Word of God is a light to my path, isn't it? And so um, if you're with me today, if you want to, turn with your, in your Bibles, if you have an electronic Bible, or you can actually read it up here as well. I'm going to start with uh, my, my passage that I want to build upon today, and then I'm going to dive into this. Um, in Matthew chapter 9, uh, Jesus is being asked by John's disciples a question. And Jesus responds to them. So I want to read this. Then John's disciples came and asked Jesus, how is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he is still with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. Then they will fast. Father, I just thank you for blessing your word today in our hearts. I thank you, God, that through this scripture, you're going to build something within our hearts as we, as a church, move towards a fast together through the sabbatical. And Father, I just ask, God, that you would reveal yourself to us. I pray for the, for the power of the Spirit of God to come and just convict us, challenge us, and draw us into a place of following you, God in uh, the direction that you've placed in our hearts. So Lord, we just thank you and praise you, and we thank you for who you are in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Well, over the last couple Sundays, Pastor Tom, who is at another church leading worship right now, um, his last Sunday will actually be next Sunday when we do our celebration. And Pastor Tom is going to do a three-month sabbatical, a time of Sabbath and rest and uh, rejuvenation, transformation, but we also are going to be going through the same process as a church that Tom is going to go through, and we've got a lot of things planned over the next three months, but Tom has been talking about the last two weeks about some of the things that we're going to uh, engage in uh, for that sabbatical, and uh, if we're honest with ourselves, even what Tom is going through himself in uh, this season of dryness that he's, he's kind of in personally as he's moving into this season of sabbatical, I think we would all agree we go through different seasons spiritually in our lives, don't we? I mean, there are times in, in our life where we, in a, in a season, we are, we are refreshed in the Lord. We feel like we're growing. We feel like we're advancing in our walk with God. As Tori was sharing, we're persevering. And when we fall, we get up and we're, we're moving with God. And those seasons where we feel like we're really growing in God. But there's also seasons where we don't feel like we're growing. Anybody there? Anybody been there? Kind of go ebb and flow. There, there's these, these highs and these lows in this, this spiritual journey and this spiritual walk with Christ where we're not always on a mountain. Right? But I propose to you today that even in the seasons where we feel God's presence in a stronger way and we feel like we're growing, in that season as well as the season where we don't feel possibly that we're growing or we feel like we're not making progress or things aren't moving down the road the way we want them to, I propose to you that we're still growing. It just doesn't feel like we're growing. Or it doesn't, it doesn't feel like uh, it, it's something that we're moving down the road. As a church, corporately, 
or even as us individually. But I propose to you this morning that we are growing. We just don't feel it sometimes. Anybody been there? I, I love the message that a couple weeks ago one of the missionaries shared about the bamboo tree, you know, and how in season, how the bamboo tree takes a long time before it actually sprouts, but that we have to be patient in the time, and that's where we're at as a church. And we're getting ready to move into a season over the next 90 days where God is inviting us into a season of transformation. He's inviting us into a season of refreshing, and it's going to require us to humble ourselves and participate in what God wants to do. Are you guys with me on that? And just as Tom and his family are going to humble themselves and seek the Lord and get away, it's going to take us doing the same thing of humbling ourselves to the process that God has us in right now as a church. Because the season of dryness that some of us are in, or maybe the season of great fruit and excitement that some of you are in, what I believe in the season of dryness or the season where you don't feel like things are really moving, I believe it's an imitation where God wants to actually take us into transformation into some of the hidden places of our hearts. I think even what Tori shared this morning about perseverance, sometimes when things are going rough, the temptation to quit is very, very great. We can quit on spouses, we can quit on relationships, we can quit on church, we can quit on God's people, we can quit on jobs, we can quit on all kinds of things when things aren't going like we like them to go, right? And so sometimes the work of the Lord that he's doing inside of us in those seasons of dryness is really to increase and to, to, to grow our faith and our perseverance. Or sometimes he's trying to develop our character. Or sometimes he's wanting to renew our thinking and we're not thinking the thoughts of Christ. And sometimes he is just simply wanting to draw us into his affection. Sometimes he's just using dry time to make and to create this thing of longing for him. Sometimes he's trying to renew my thoughts. And sometimes he's just trying to get me to think like him concerning the lost and for other people. I don't know what God's doing in your life, but every one of us in this room today, I believe, has a desire to grow and to become more like Jesus Christ, or you wouldn't even be here. You would not have set foot in this door today if there's not a desire in your heart to know God greater, to understand him more completely, and to move and to mature in your relationship. And I really believe that right now in this season, God is giving us an invitation to transformation. Will you say that with me? An invitation to transformation. And I believe some strongholds are going to be broken off, and I believe God's going to do a great work in this house over the next 90 days and over the next seven years and the next 25 years. I thank God that we're celebrating 25 years next week. It's amazing. God is good. Can I have a witness? But in the process of our growing and our maturing, sometimes we have mission drift, which I shared several weeks ago. But I want to remind us, in the word it says, God resists the proud, but what does he do? He gives grace to the what? God resists the proud, 
but he gives grace to the humble. So in this season, we need to walk humbly before God as we step into this sabbatical time of renewal, and we need to begin to apply our hearts, and that's where I'm at really right now. I, we, can, we can plan a lot of events, and we can plan a lot of stuff over the next 90 days, but if we don't humble ourselves and really ask God what he's wanting to do inside of our hearts, we will miss the opportunity that God wants. And I don't believe that's going to happen. I believe we're all at a place where we're hungry for change. Anybody hungry for change in this house? So <clears throat> it's going to be important for us over the next 90 days. Tom's already shared some of what we're going to go through. My goal today is to kind of share about a a, a, a media fast that we're going to go through. And, uh, and so it, whether... <laughs> I'm having a hard time articulating my heart here, but um, the last thing I want to do as we're moving into this, this sabbatical season and this time of renewal is to make it about performance. We already read when we went through Romans about how we are not saved, and we are not appreciated or valued by God based upon our performance, but that it is based upon our relationship with Jesus Christ. And because of Jesus, we have, we have, been, we have been given righteousness as a gift. And so we don't earn our righteousness. We don't earn his favor. And so in, as we move through this season, as we're challenging each, of, uh, each other to do some of the things that we're going to do, like read the book, sacred rhythms or do a media fast or do the soaking we're going to have some soaking nights of prayer where we come in here and we're going to have a guy come his name's izzy he's going to do some soaking uh services for us on like wednesday nights and saturday nights and and my my desire is that we we participate but i don't want to make it about performance i want to make it about us yielding our heart to what God is doing in this season. So we can do all kinds of things for wrong motives and wrong purposes. And I want to make sure as we're moving into this season that, that we are, we're yielding our hearts and we're staying humble before God, that we're, that we're moving in unity as a church. Because what does it say in Psalms 133? It says that blessed are the brethren when they are together in unity. It's, it's there that God commands a blessing. And when we're in humility, God brings his grace and he brings his empowerment. And that's what we're looking for in this time over the next 90 days is God to move and have his way in our hearts. Can I have an amen on that? Amen. So I just, I want to I go over a couple things uh, as we move towards the, be talking about this media fast. I really do believe the leadership team of the church and the sabbatical team have heard from God. I believe there's a plan that we have for the next 90 days that I believe is of the Lord. I know Tom shared some of that. I believe God's grace and favors on it. Um, God showed his grace by blessing us with a $50,000 grant from Lily to send Tom and his family to some amazing places. That is the grace of God. Can I have an amen on that? I believe, I believe God's stamp and favor is upon it. Would you say yes? I believe your grace and your favors on it as well. We, have, we, we had to reorder books uh, for Sacred Rhythms. I was so pleased. So many of you signed up to buy that book as we go through that book. 
Um, so many signed up for the, the camp out in August where we go to Pokagon State Park as a church and have our time away up there. And so there is a lot of grace and a lot of favor that God is putting on this. There's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of knowing that God's doing something. And I just want to encourage us that even the media fast, your flesh may say, what about a media fast? Why are we doing that? I realize that a biblical fast is fasting food. But where I want to go today concerning the media fast and why we're doing it, because I believe, I believe with all my heart um, that God is, is doing something in our hearts when it comes to this fast and what he's wanting to do. So I'm going to share about that today. And I'm going to share about what I believe God is doing. And I want to offer us an invitation to do something. I need to just get away from my notes and just share from my heart. <laughs> I really believe that the reason God is having us do a media fast is because I realize the biblical fast is food. And we've done media fasts in the past and we've seen some great breakthrough. But if there's one thing that is attacking the body of Christ and one thing that the enemy uses, I think more than anything to desensitize us is the media. I believe social media, I believe TV, I believe movies, I believe all forms of digital entertainment is desensitizing our nation and the church as never before. My own heart gets desensitized, and so does yours, by the agenda that is being pushed by TV and media and social media. It is, there is an agenda that is being pushed on the church and the world, and it is not the agenda of our God. And it affects everyone in this room. Everyone in this room is affected by it. When I look at the onslaught of how the culture and media is trying to get you desensitized to sexual sin, it blows me away. The world is trying to desensitize you to adultery, premarital sex, homosexuality, and all kinds of sexual sin, transgender, you name it, the whole gamut. It's widespread. There is an agenda that the world is pushing to desensitize you into making you think that Adultery is okay, sexual sin is okay, and all the lists of sexual immorality that the Bible says is contrary to the very nature and glory of God. Would you agree with me? And it is pushing very hard on our young people. If you don't think there's an agenda by social media to get women to show everything of their body parts, through their clothing and non-clothing alike. 
I feel sorry for young women and women, young girls on the, the agenda that is being pushed to sexualize a woman. And I thank you for women who dress modestly because the word of God says that's how God's standard is. But there is an agenda that is being pushed. Can I have an amen? I think of the own, my, own, the own, agenda, my own agenda that has been being hit. I mean, not, not my own agenda. The, the news and the propaganda around news and the news feed, I had to actually quit watching the news because of the agenda and the propagation that was going on through the news. And I was losing hope. I was being discouraged. And because I was getting too much information from that agenda rather than God's perspective and God's agenda. Can I have a witness on that? I mean, I don't know what form of social media, news, TV, actually that affects you, but you know what affects you better than I do. And I think that's why God is asking us to do a 21-day media fast starting June 12th. I believe he specifically is, is saying and asking this people here at New Covenant to go through a media fast, to begin to detox from the, the, the culture of our world, to, to detox from the media and the voices that are constantly bombarding us that is contrary to get you to desensitize, to get you to a place where you begin to question God's word. Does the word really say that? Anybody with me on that? Hello? The Bible says that we are not to be conformed to the pattern of this world, but we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Well, I know as well as you know that whatever your mind's taking in on a continual basis, that is what your mind is being renewed to. In junk, out junk, right? If I'm not putting the word of God and praise and worship and celebration and God in, what is going to come out will be whatever I'm taking in. And, by, and the Bible says that we cannot be conformed to the pattern of this world. And so the media fast is one way that we, and, and honestly, I, I do less media now than I probably have in years. Because it really just is not good influence. And you probably, some of you parents really need to really, I know you teenagers are really going to love me for this. Say, thank you, Pastor Eric. You're just giving my mom and dad ammunition. Yes, I'm giving your mom and dad ammunition. You really need to limit the amount of that information and that stuff that's getting to, into your children. Because it is, that agenda is getting in them. Right? So God's wanting us to detox and he's wanting us to purposely make space for him. As we read this book, Sacred Rhythms, we're going to do the media fast in conjunction with the book, Sacred Rhythms. On the 1st of June, we've asked uh, uh, Brett Fisher to share on solitude and, and some of the, the practices that God has led him into. He's, he has done a really good job in his life of, of creating these rhythms. But we're going to read this book together. We're going to create space through the media fast to begin to give God more time, of our, the more, more of our time. Can, can, is anybody willing to give God more of your time? Yes. 
as we practice the spiritual rhythms like solitude, silence, and spending time with God in the scripture and prayer and cultivating a longing for more of God and his presence as we soak with some of the soaking services. It's going to be really neat what uh, Sam and uh, Sarah Greenie have organized for the soaking services. The first hour of them are go is going to, we're going to practice one of the rhythms uh, from the book the first hour, then we're going to have a little break, and then the second hour. So if you can't come for the whole, whole two hours of the soaking service, and you can only come for an hour, you can come to that first hour, and you'll begin, you will begin to practice some of these sacred rhythms uh, that the book talks about during our soaking services. So it's going to be a time for you to actually practice the stuff that we're reading, giving God more of your time. And we're going to do those services one week. It'll be on a Wednesday. One week, it'll be on a Saturday. We tried to do it different days. So that way it gives people more opportunity to come to those services. But we're going to take this time to really slow down our lives to focus on the Lord. And the purpose of the media fast is to create this margin in our lives to encounter God for transformation. And so I pray to God that you will engage with us. How many want transformation in their life? Well, what I'm going to do is I want to get into the word of God right now about fasting there's some things God put on my heart that's going to be really important for us that we make sure the motivation of our hearts are right and that we're, we're fasting and doing a media fast for the proper reason. And, uh, and I believe when you do it for the proper reason, you get great results. So let's look at the book of Acts, chapter 13, verses 1 through 5. Let's read a little bit about a fast that took place in the New Testament. Let's see what God shows us. Through this scripture, there's several things God's put on my heart. So this is the church in Antioch. This is the first place that they were called Christians. Antioch, Jerusalem is down here, and Antioch is up in Syria, which is now, which uh, um, was Syria, yeah, actually. And uh, great. And, and so Antioch was a place where it was a booming church. The church uh, was growing and uh, people were getting saved. And uh, so let's, talk, let's, let's look about what was going on here. <laughs> now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. He talks about five of them. Barnabas, Simeon called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, who had been brought up with the Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul, which we know as Paul. While they were worshiping and fasting... While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. The two of them, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. When they arrived in Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John, John Mark was with them as their helper. Just to give you a little idea of where they're at, this thing does not have a pointer, so bear with me. As I said, Jerusalem is down south here, where everything took place. In the book of Acts, where the Holy Spirit fell, and they first experienced the Holy Spirit, and they began to go out from Jerusalem preaching the gospel, and they're in Antioch, that first circle there. So they go down to Seleucia, which is a port city, and I'm just wanting you to take a, get a, an idea of what the Spirit of God is sending them to do. 
They then go to Cyprus, the island. They land at Salamis. Then they cross through the whole island, and they go to Paphos. Then they go to Perga. Then they go to the other Antioch, Antioch up there. Then they go to Iconium, Lystra, Derbe, Derby, And then they go back. They go back to Iconium, Lystra, Antioch, Perga. And then they sail back home. And they, this is Paul's first missionary journey. Now, what I want to point out about this scripture is this is the results of the fasting and prayer. The results of fasting and praying is that the Holy Spirit spoke. Everybody say, Holy Spirit spoke. Does anybody need the Holy Spirit to speak in your life? Does anybody need some direction? Does anybody need to know what God has for them and what the plans God has for them? We all do. We need, we, we need God's plan for the church. Amen? But the result of the praying and fasting was that it brought spiritual clarity and thinking. They heard Holy Spirit clearly on what God was thinking and what God was wanting for Barnabas and Paul. Do you think that's a good thing? We all need clarity, and I need to hear Holy Spirit speak just as well as you do. But let me ask you this. Why were they fasting? Things were going actually pretty well. The gospel was propagating. It was flourishing. People were getting saved like crazy. Why were they fasting? What was the motivation, you think, of their hearts? They wanted more? Okay. Any other thoughts? Why should we be motivated to fast? We want more? I believe they wanted more, but let's, I believe there is, a, there, is a, there is a motivation that Jesus spoke in the very first, very first verse of Matthew 9 that I read at the very beginning. And I want to go back to that. And I've underlined it. Look at the reason why he says that they will fast after he leaves. The, then John's disciples came and asked Jesus, how is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? The disciples of Jesus were not fasting because he was with them, right? And he's saying, but there's going to come a time when I'm gone, and then they will fast. But why? He can, how can the guest of the bridegroom, what? Mourn while he is still with them. The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. Then they will fast. I propose to you that that's a motivation. What is mourning? In our culture, mourning is, oh gosh, we've got to go to a funeral. We're mourning. Maybe. What do you think mourning is in this scripture? The word there means deep and great emotional sorrow, grief, or sadness over a condition or a situation. Did you hear me? Emotional sorrow, grief, or sadness over a condition or a situation. Mental distress and anguish over a situation or condition. What were the disciples mourning? What condition was going on that caused them to fast? 
if things were going well, what were they mourning? So if I go back to Acts chapter 13 that we just read, what, were, what was Paul, Barnabas, Manian, and these five other guys in the church in Antioch, why were they fasting? What were they mourning about? Well, do you remember my message back in on uh, several weeks ago, well, when we were in Romans, when we were talking about Romans chapter 9, and I talked about the CPR training that we were undergoing as a church? Does anybody remember CPR training? Oh, does anybody remember what CPR stood for? Oh, gosh, Eric, you're making me think back that far. C was for we got to get our care back. We have to get our care back for the lost. P, prayer. We got to pray. Mm -hmm. Respond. Hey, good. There's some CPR training that took place. Good. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. But do you remember the passage that I reread back then? Romans 9, 2 through 4, actually shows what mourning is. It actually shows what was going on in Paul's heart. Paul says, I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, those of my own race, the people of Israel. There's the motivation for fasting. Right there. That's the condition that Paul had in his heart of why him and these other guys at Antioch were fasting and praying. Paul worshiped and fasted in Acts 13 because he was mourning and he was grieving. He had deep mental distress and anguish over the spiritual condition and lostness of Israel and the Gentiles. Let that sink in for just a few minutes. Paul would prefer to go to hell And to be cut off from Christ so that his own people could know Jesus. To celebrate what we just worshipped this morning. As the joy of the Lord started to rush in and we were excited about Jesus. The anguish and the sorrow and the grieving is what motivated him and the church to fast and worship the Lord. I propose to you we've lost our ability to grieve and to mourn in Western culture, America. I think we've lost our ability to care. And I think God's wanting to resurrect it through this fast. What do you think about that? I don't want this to be a too heavy of a message, but I do want it to be a warning that the church of America better wake up. And the church of America sits in these pews here at New Covenant and at First Baptist and at the Methodist and at the Christian church and all over this city and this region and we're sleeping on duty. Are we grieving and mourning the lost in our community? 
I propose to you that social media garbage like InstaSham and FacePuke and the news media and the movies we watch, the video games we play, the entertainment we engage in has desensitized us so bad that we've lost our capacity to care in some ways. Not, it's not hopeless. It's not hopeless at all because there is a remnant and there is a stirring by the Spirit of God. But we see so much bad news on TV and on the video games we play. There are so many people killed on one video game. There's so many garbage things that we're partaking in on a daily basis. We are being desensitized by the media. I know I've already said that. But I think it's making us numb and I think it's affecting our ability to care and we need to be like Paul, who actually had great sorrow and unceasing anguish in his heart for the people of his community. Do you grieve over the condition of our nation? families, the lost in our community? Is it going to take our own kids getting hooked on drugs before we'll fast and pray and get serious? Does it take a tragedy to happen before we slow down our life and fast and pray and seek God's face? Hmm. One thing I want to say is I don't want you doing the media fast because the leadership team of the church is asking you to do the media fast. I think it's honorable to follow leadership. Yes, I do. But if your motivation is not that there is a burden and something bothering you about the state of either your own heart or the heart of the church or the heart of the nation or the heart of our teenagers or the heart, if there's not a condition that really stirs you, if there's not a condition that's bothering you, then the condition you need to fast on is your condition of your own heart not being bothered. So everyone can fast because if you're not bothered, you need to be fasting because you're not bothered. <laughs> and if you are bothered, then the Lord is wanting to blow over your heart during this fast to begin to bring the power of his spirit along with the burden that's in your heart as we become a people of prayer, as we become a people of worship, as we begin to bring these things before the Lord and we begin to attack the very kingdom of darkness and the influence of this demonic age that's trying to bring down the body of Christ and this nation and the churches. I want to begin to mourn and grieve over the spiritual condition of my own heart. I want God to soften and transform my own heart. I want God to change some things that are going on in our culture. I don't know about you, but I am grieved over the onslaught of a spirit of fear that is attacking the young generation and making them feel overwhelmed, making them feel tormented like they can't handle anything. I tell you, that spirit of fear is tormenting the young generation. And it grieves my heart that that spirit of fear is seducing 
the young generation. Anybody else? Depression, anxiety. It, 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 they are self-medicating with all kinds of things in order to get through the day because of the pressure that they feel from that spirit of fear that is tormenting them. Does it grieve your heart that young people are struggling with anxiety and depression? What grieves you? Heavy message. Gosh, Eric, we were just talking about the joy of the Lord, and now you're getting us all grieving. <laughs> what grieves you? What condition grieves you? Think about it. Close your eyes. What grieves you? I believe the passage in Matthew 9 gives us a solution and a motivation for our fasting. When Jesus said, they will mourn when I'm gone, I believe with all my heart there needs to be a condition that you're mourning and grieving about that's actually going to compel you to actually fast and do this media fast. Are you with me on that? And so I really think it's important right now asking yourself what is grieving you because that's going to be the motivation that you need to talk to your kids about. It, 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 when your family's fasting, we hope that you guys will fast as a family with us. But it's going to be important that you're doing it for the right motivation because I believe God's looking for a response from us. He's knocking at the door of our hearts and he's asking us to open that door. If I look back in the, all the fast that took place in the Old Testament, Nehemiah, what was his burden? What was the condition that he was so concerned about? Was it not because the walls of Jerusalem were broken down and God's people were not safe and he was wanting God to come and re, uh, rebuild those walls and to help the nation of Israel get back on their feet, right? Nehemiah wanted to rebuild the walls, and he did it in a short period of time. But what did he do? He fasted and prayed, and God put this burden on his heart to see the walls of, of Jerusalem rebuilt. Ezra, Ezra fasted. What was Ezra fasting about? He was so concerned about the spiritual condition of the people of Israel in his day that he began to fast and pray, and God began to change the spiritual landscape. Paul was burdened for the, ch the children of Israel. He was burdened for the Gentiles, and it caused him to fast. It caused him to pray, and the Holy Spirit then began to speak, and they began to go out, and the gospel began to explode in the nations of the earth. And what could happen at New Covenant, Newcastle, Indiana, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will what? Here, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will what? Heal their land. Does our land, you're, you're, you're complaining about inflation and gas prices. I paid $7.45 up in Canada for gas. I just got back from Canada. You think it's expensive here? $135 to fill my vehicle up. Cha-ching! That's just a sign of a spiritual condition. Hmm. When I was in Canada for a week, I had no social media. Can't get it up there. That little cottage has no beams going through the air going, beep, beep, search for internet. No cell phone coverage. No Wi-Fi. 
No bubble pop. Uh, that's my temptation, okay, guys? That's one of the things I'm going to fast during the media fast, okay? That's where I waste time, okay? Yeah. It's a mindless game. Anybody, anybody got any mindless games? Come on, you guys got any mindless games? Oh, yeah. Sarah, thanks for being honest back there. I appreciate you, girl. Thank you. Got somebody honest back there. Yeah, I'll, I'll have a half hour between appointments. Bubble pop. My wife has a half hour. Facebook. You see that figure go like that? Anybody else? Hey, come on, come on, come on. Anybody else? Anybody wasting any time on social media in this house? Anybody else want to be honest? Come on, let me see the hands. Everybody wave at Eric. I mean, I did a little research just to get an idea of how much social media is out there. Oh, golly, how? Yep. It's not just Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube. No, YouTube. I found out a lot about TikTok. You guys have been talking about TikTok, and I've not been about part of TikTok. I just now found out TikTok. You realize since 2016, there is now over 1 billion people on TikTok just in, from 2016? Yeah. And Kelsey's probably got two user names on it, probably. <laughs> I hate to see what her makeup name is. But I, there's all kinds of new ones for 2022. Clubhouse, Spotify, Green Room, Discord, and the list goes on and on. But then there's videos, movies, TV, video game, Xbox, Bubble Pop. <laughs> you know where you waste hours and hours and hours of your time, right? I want to make this lighthearted, but I also want to make it serious. On June 12th, we're going to start a media fast, and right now you need to start talking to your family about it. This is what Karen and I are going to do. I will still be getting online for my study into the Bible. I have a Bible program that uh, it's online. I will still be doing that. I will still be listening to sermons and doing devotionals and all that stuff. I'll still be listening to worship music online. Anything that draws my heart and affection to the Lord, I will be doing when it comes to a media perspective, as I silence myself before the Lord, as I get quiet before God, as we begin to go into this aspect of solitude and this book, there's going to be extra time when I don't do bubble pop and I don't do other things. I am going to be focusing on the book. I'm going to be focusing on creating the rhythm, the spiritual rhythms, new spiritual rhythms for my own life and my wife's life. I'm going to take the time that the, the media has consumed. We're not going to watch, Karen and I will probably watch one movie a week. And sometimes those movies, there never are and they're never the sex natures or anything like that. But we do like action-packed movies and we like movies that have a true storyline to them. I love true storylines, something that actually took place. I don't know why, that's just the way I'm made up. And so we would watch those maybe at least once a week. We're not going to do that anymore. We're going to actually use that time to read the book together, to ask each other and challenge each other, what does this look like for you? How can you do this? We're going to, as a, as a husband and wife, we're going to go through this journey together on the book and creating solitude and creating spiritual rhythms together as a married couple.
And I hope you guys will do that too if you're married. If you're not, you can do it with friends as well. We're going to stop watching movies. And just like in Canada, I was without that stuff and did not miss it one iota. Actually, Karen and I talked more, and me and God talked more. How am I doing for time? Oop, I got to pretty much land the plane, don't I? So, what fasting media looks like for you is between you and God. I'm not, we're not going to be policing it. I know God will speak to you, and you will obey him in this invitation to transformation. Because I believe God is wanting to, what? Give us an invitation for transformation. And I believe not only is he wanting to give us our care back and our concern about situations, but God is preparing this house right here to be an evangelistic expression of Jesus Christ in this community. He is wanting to get our hearts back. You know, we're getting ready to celebrate 25 years next week. And Rayma, bless her heart, she's working on a video that we hope to get by next Sunday done. But there is one thing that has grieved me as we've went through the 25-year history of New Covenant. Well, there's more than one thing. But one thing that really has grieved my heart is the amount of outreach that we were doing to this community through the Dream Center, Hospital Heights, a house church out at Heights, and affecting the city. We had over 18 people go to Teen Challenge over a couple-year period of getting free from drugs and all kinds of stuff, and we've lost our mission drift. We've drifted, and we've got to get back to affecting the city for Jesus Christ. Can I please have an amen on that? And I think this media fast is all part of this God softening our hearts to get us concerned about the community in which we live. What do you guys think about that? Would you allow God to soften your heart? Would you allow God to take us on a, 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 an invitation to transformation to where we allow God to soften our heart towards the lost in this beautiful community that's getting ready to experience its 200-year anniversary. I want Jeff Hughes to come up. We went and did an outreach last night, or yesterday. And if you can give Jeff the microphone. And we went out, and we were praying over people and talking with people on the street. And Jeff had a really powerful thing took place that I wanted him to share that really goes along with my message. So Jeff, if you don't mind... Just share what took place when we went and outreached in our community yesterday. Yeah, as, as you guys know, we've been talking in recent sermons several times about being on mission and getting out into the community and reaching the lost. And I appreciate what Eric shared today, that we should be grieved for the lostness that's in our community and in this world. Um, so yesterday... Um, the first and third Saturdays of every month, we've been meeting at the house church over on 14th Street. We gather together at 10 a.m., and a group of us get together, and we pray, and we go out in the community to reach the lost. And uh, Michelle and I have been doing that uh, 
off and on since fall, probably, last fall. Um, well, yesterday we, uh, we went out with Joe Joplin and uh, a guy named George. I forget what George's last name is, but uh, went to a couple parks. Joe thought we should go there, um, but nobody was there. So we're like, well, where do we go? Well, so we found a local store that had, obviously, lots of people go to stores on Saturday morning. So we found ourselves a local store. And just walking around, and uh, I was in that store a couple weeks ago for this same event. And I felt like I needed to go to this one section of the store. And when I went there a couple weeks ago, it was really busy. And I was like, I don't know who I'm going to talk to here. Uh, well, yesterday we ended up at the same store, and I went to that section on my way out, and it was totally empty except for the worker that was working in that section. And so um, we just went up to him and said, hey, can we pray for you? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, what can we pray for? I don't know. I don't know. And uh, so it just prompted a conversation with him. And uh, he was lost. He acknowledged his sin. We took him through uh, a little test of sorts to get him to recognize the sin that was in his life. And he ended up saying, yeah, if God judges me by these sins, I'm going to be going to hell. And so we shared the gospel with him and he responded and he gave his heart to the Lord. And now comes, now comes the hard work of coming alongside of him and discipling him yep. and raising him up in the word of God and what it means to follow Christ. But I want to encourage you in John chapter 4 when Jesus met the woman at the well. And the woman at the well gave her heart to the Lord and she went back to the city. The disciples came alongside Jesus and said, you know, hey, do we, does anybody have food? And Jesus says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. And he said, look at the fields, they're white for harvest. And I think what I want to encourage you guys is, is that I've had the mindset that I need to convince people to become a Christian. Mm-hmm. I need to convince people to come to Christ. But just as Jesus said to the disciples, the fields are ready. They're white for harvest. They've already been grown up. They're ready to be plucked. I was encouraged recently by someone who said, Jesus calls us to be witnesses, not lawyers. Say that again. Jesus calls us to be witnesses, not lawyers. It's the Holy Spirit that convicts the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment, not me. Mm -hmm. I am just to be a witness of who Jesus is. The Holy Spirit has prepared them. He prepared a young man yesterday. I just had to come along and pluck him. And he's called every one of us to be on mission. Every one of us is to be on mission. The Great Commission, go into the world, preach the gospel, make disciples who make disciples. So come join us first and third Saturday if you want a specific time. Eric's talked about creating margin in your life. Sometimes it takes a little schedule in your life to get out there. So first and third Saturday at the house church, 10 a.m. Come alongside a group of us. You don't have to do it. Just be with us to see how it happens. Mm -hmm. Join a discipleship group. Get with someone who's mentoring you. Find out how do I share my faith? How do I share the gospel? But go and pluck the harvest. Amen. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Now, what I want to say is this. Over the last year, God has been softening Jeff's heart and Michelle's heart to evangelism. He's already been working on their hearts. I know Megan, I think you guys went out to the skate park last Saturday. Is that right? And it went well, right? 
And so they went out and they were beginning to reach out to the skaters like at midnight because there's a lot of skaters out there at the skate park. And so thank you for others who are doing other things as well. But what I want to say is the heart of caring, I know within Jeff and others, and even in my own heart, God has been dealing with my heart and others in our, uh, about these things. And so even this media fast, this is all part of getting our hearts ready for what God wants to do. Can I have an amen on that? If you would, stand with me and we'll finish up the service. Amen. If you would, just close your eyes, and I just want to pray uh, a, a bit. I know the Spirit of God has been dealing with our hearts, and, you know, when I ask the question, what grieves you? I know that God is wanting to do a work in our hearts, and so I just want to give some things to the Lord. I don't know about you, but I've been having to repent and ask God to forgive me for being off mission. Anybody else? But would you just humble yourself right now and just say, just talk to the Lord for a minute. You know, as the music plays, just, you know, what is your heart? What situation grieves your heart? Does winning the loss, does the loss, the going to hell even bother you? What is, what, is, what, is, what is your burden that you're going to allow to be that which motivates you to engage in this fast with us on June 12th? What's the Spirit of God saying to you right now? Maybe you just need to say, Lord, forgive me. Maybe you just need to say, God, I'm sorry that I've been more focused on myself than others and nothing really has been a big concern of mine. If that's the case, just tell him. And guess what? When you are faithful to confess your sin before God, he is faithful to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And Lord, we thank you that this is not a beat up session. This is, Lord, you correcting us. This is you disciplining us. This is you getting us on focus for the fast. And so, Lord, this morning we just yield our hearts as a people before you, God. We say, God, as a people called New Covenant Worship Center, God, we surrender our wills to you, God. We surrender, and God, we say yes to this media fast. We say yes to your ways. And God, I just pray for every family, that God, you would help them to fine-tune this media fast with their children, that God, you would get the burden in each person's heart that they need to have, God, to move into this time of fasting, this time of seeking your face, this time of surrendering, this time of solitude, this time of, God, learning new spiritual rhythms, God, so that you can refresh us and transform us and give us new thinking and that we might hear the Spirit of God, what you're calling us to do and to be in our city and our region. So, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, God, you would forgive us all. That, God, you would help us to refocus our affection on you as we prepare our hearts for this fast, God. I thank you, God, that you are doing a work inside of us. And so, God, we just yield ourselves to you and we say yes to the media fast. We say yes to God, the soaking services. We say yes, God, to these things that you're calling us to do and to be. 
We just ask, Father God, for your strength and your grace as we worship you and as we fast before you, God. We give you these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, God.